Welcome to Brooklyn Law School's Sports and Entertainment Law Podcast. I'm your host, Aaliyah Reeves, and I'm joined today by Marshall Silverman, a Brooklyn Law School alumnus from the class of 1977, an adjunct professor of entertainment law at Brooklyn Law School, co-chairman of Worldwide Entertainment Studios, Inc., and former vice president and senior motion picture production council at Warner Brothers Pictures, where he served for 23 years. Additionally, Professor Silverman has represented several independent motion picture companies and other major studios in Hollywood, London, and New York. Welcome, Professor Silverman. Good morning, Aaliyah. First, can you briefly describe the work you're doing as co-chairman of Worldwide Entertainment Studios, Inc.? and how it led you to draft the 2019 Montana tax statute known as the Media Act? I'm involved with several companies working in the filmed entertainment industry. Worldwide Entertainment Studios was established for the purpose of designing, building, and operating a new Hollywood-sized, state-of-the-art motion picture and television studio in the state of Montana. Montana does not yet have a large filmed entertainment industry, only a few small production companies which do not focus very much on scripted feature film and television production. And there's an occasional film which comes in from outside the state to shoot, primarily because of the scenic locations. It's truly a beautiful and picturesque state with gorgeous filming sites. But when producers are deciding where to film their movies, they look for several factors in addition to suitable filming locations. For example, they need to know whether there is adequate infrastructure to support filmmaking, and studio facilities are a large part of that, which Montana does not yet have. They also look at costs as compared to other alternative places to shoot including, for example, whether there are sufficient experienced production crews and a good talent pool of performers there. Montana has some, but not enough, experienced crew, and it's expensive for producers to transport workers into another state and house them for many months at a time. For that reason, at our studio, we're going to have on-the-job training programs for Montanans to build up the crew base. Another item of cost is taxes. Some states have enacted tax incentive programs to attract filmmakers. New York, California, Louisiana, New Mexico, and Georgia are some very successful examples. Montana did not have a program when I first arrived there in 2018. And investing in a large project like the studio will only be worth doing if we can attract filmmakers to the state to work at our facility. Montana needed someone with extensive legal and business experience within the movie industry to design a program for them. And there I was. So I was recruited by several senators to do it. In 2019, I worked with legislative council in Helena, that's their capital, to draft a bill and it was passed in the legislature and became the Media Act. Unfortunately, before the then governor signed it, he had a clause inserted which put a limit on the amount of film business which the tax law could support each year. This cap on business has so far hindered the growth of the industry there. The legislature is in session now 
And I'm currently meeting with legislators and the new governor to get the cap removed. To encourage their cooperation, I'm pointing to success which the program has had so far, even with its limited application. For example, in 2018, there was a new TV series starring Kevin Costner titled Yellowstone. The story is set in Montana but it was filming in Utah because it was more cost-effective to shoot in Utah. When the Media Act was passed and signed, Paramount immediately moved the production into Montana, and it's been filming there ever since. In 2021, the cap was raised slightly, which allowed a new Yellowstone prequel series titled 1923 to film in Montana. These two shows alone have created 2,000 direct and indirect jobs for Montanans and pumped millions of dollars into the Montana economy. But the cap is still there keeping other business out. And I drafted a bill to get rid of it. That bill is now working its way through the legislature. So you have worked for several major movie studios, including 20th Century Fox and Warner Brothers Pictures and several independent motion picture companies. Can you briefly describe the roles that you've held working in-house and what type of clients in the film industry you've interacted with and counseled in-house? I've held in-house positions in prominent companies as a film production lawyer, a business affairs executive, and a production executive. As in-house production lawyers, we work with dozens of people in numerous departments around the company advising them on many of the matters which arise during the workday. A movie moves through the company from department to department, sort of like an assembly line, with each group getting their part of the job done in order to have a completed movie emerge at the end. At first, it's the creative executives who are meeting with producers, directors, and writers, discussing ideas for movies and working out the storylines and getting the screenplay written. When working with them, the lawyers need to be concerned with matters such as acquiring rights to underlying materials so that movies can be made based on them. These will be things like books, plays, magazine articles, comic book stories and characters, video game characters and stories, news stories, original ideas, life stories, and all other places where the inspiration for content comes from. Somebody may own copyrights in these things, and the lawyers must make sure that the necessary motion picture and allied rights are acquired by the company before a movie gets made. Once screenplays are written, the lawyers must be concerned with reviewing them and working with the producers to make sure the contents are legally cleared and that there's nothing in the screenplay which can get the company sued after the movie is made. These would be things like defamation claims, invasion of privacy claims, claims for infringement of publicity rights, and copyright infringement. If there's a problem later, the in-house lawyer will work with outside counsel on litigation matters. The creatives are also going to be making decisions about who the filmmakers will be, meaning the key production people, like the director, the cinematographer, the editor, production designer, composer, costume designer, and others. The decisions will also be made regarding who the stars of the movie will be and other cast decisions. 
The business affairs executives will make financial deals for engaging the services of these people. And then they will let the production lawyer know about the deals. And the lawyer will negotiate and draft contracts for these people. And in fact, there are numerous people hired to work on movies. And lawyers will be involved in one way or another with all of them, either directly or indirectly through union contracts or other means. The lawyer's work will involve drafting numerous contracts to lock down rights and personnel. When the project moves into production, the lawyer will work with all the production departments to advise and counsel on legal matters and review and or draft dozens of written agreements for all manner of items involving filming, such as, for example, location agreements, equipment rental agreements, licensing agreements, product placement agreements, and agreements with vendors of all kinds who will be providing services to the production. There'll be many meetings with producers, production managers, location managers, and others. After that, when the movie moves into post-production, there'll be similar working relationships, but with many new people. All this work can go on for months on just one project. And the lawyer will usually be working on more than one project at a time. When the movie is completed, there'll be departments involved with marketing, merchandising, and distribution of the movie. And they will be asking the lawyer's advice on numerous matters as the movie gets sent out into the world to be seen. Can you briefly describe to our listeners whether you knew that entertainment law was the career path you wanted to take and what made you gravitate to filmed entertainment? I didn't know there was such a thing as an entertainment lawyer until I was 17 years old. I had two career desires which developed in me separately as a child. I saw my first movies when I was three. I thought they were magic and I decided that I wanted to make movies. Separately, in high school, I spent many hours visiting at my uncle Leonard Silverman's law offices on Court Street. He had a very successful general practice, handling mostly personal injury, wills, divorces, house purchases, and criminal law. I came with him to court and sat in the gallery watching him handle trials. And I had great conversations with him about why he said certain things to juries, witnesses, and judges. I spent lots of time in his library, reading law books and finding it all very interesting, at least to the extent that I can understand it. I met many of his clients and appreciated the fact that my uncle was helping them fix problems they had in their lives. And from all of this, I became inspired to become a lawyer. So now I had two careers that really appealed to me, but they were so completely different from each other that I didn't know how, how I'd ever happily choose one over the other. I didn't know what I was going to do. The answer came one day when I was a senior in high school. I was at the law office and a new client came in. She was an actor and she had come to speak to my uncle about a contract she had been given to appear in a movie. I got really excited to hear somebody talking about movies in my uncle's office. Until that very moment, it had never occurred to me that people in movies had lawyers, except maybe to handle divorces or wills or house purchases or criminal arrests. She was telling him about things she wanted in her movie contract. My uncle referred her to another lawyer, and when I asked about it, he explained to me that there are lawyers who specialize in entertainment law, 
Suddenly, in a flash, my future became clear. Both things I had always wanted to be combined together. I would be a lawyer handling contracts for people in the movie business. And what is one thing you wish you knew when you were starting out? It's who you know that will help you get into jobs you want or meet the potential clients you want to meet. So when I was starting out, I thought it was really important to join a couple of lawyers' organizations because the other lawyers can introduce me to clients. That turned out to be a waste of time. None of the lawyers I met were motivated to give their clients away to me. I realized that in order to find clients, it makes much more sense to join organizations which potential clients belong to and get active on a couple of their committees. Socialize, get known, make friends, build trust. You'll wind up with more clients much faster when hanging out with potential clients than hanging out with other attorneys. And what advice would you give someone interested in pursuing a career in entertainment law? First, become a good lawyer. Learn as much as you can in law school and in your first jobs out of law school. You're going to be advising clients in all kinds of questions which lawyers deal with, no matter what their specialty is. Being a lawyer is being a lawyer, whether you call yourself an entertainment lawyer, a real estate lawyer, a criminal lawyer, a family lawyer, a business lawyer, a commercial litigator, or anything else. It all starts with those basic law school classes you take, which center you into the mental processes of the profession. Second, learn as much as you can about the business which your clients are working in. There are subspecialties in entertainment law. So if you want to focus on music, learn about the music business. If you want to represent video game designers, learn about the video game business. You need to be able to talk the same talk as your clients for maximum understanding of their issues and how to communicate with them and also to communicate with other entertainment lawyers. Well, Professor Silverman, that wraps it up. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you for having me, Leah.